Welcome to the Paving the Ways podcast. I am your host, Georgie Arabella, here for you, the radical dreamers that know there is so much more to life than the world that they were born into. We are here to inspire you with tales from those doing things their own way, to hopefully arouse you into letting go of how you think things are supposed to look and to find your own evolving path through life. I speak to leaders of love who embody and live their alternative and unique ways of thinking. So I invite you now to open your mind and heart, get comfortable, take some deep breaths, and join us in the here and now, where everything is possible. Hello, everybody listening, and welcome to another episode of the Paving the Ways podcast. Today, we have a very special guest on the show, uh, who is Lucia Jacob. Lucia has over 33 years of experience as an animal professional and 22 years of experience studying and facilitating awareness, consciousness, and energy-based integrative medicine. She's worked with diverse cultures, Aboriginal peoples, as well as countless species of animals or sentient beings. Um, wild and domestic around the globe. Uh, Lucia's passion is the exploration of interconnectedness and communication with all sentient beings. So welcome to the show, Lucia. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's so kind of interesting to be on this online thing with you when we've spent some really amazing, interesting times in person. Yeah. So thanks yeah, yeah. for having me as your guest. Yeah. Yeah, so me and Lucia met, I think it would have been about three years ago when I ma magically ended up on her ranch and I took part in um, her, some of her courses, which was the Linking Awareness Journey and then the Linking Awareness Adventure, which I'll give you some space to talk more about at the end. And then it would have been this time last year, we were in Malaysia, in the jungle, and then on to Singapore for more Linking Awareness Adventures. Um, so for people that don't know much about your work or what um, energy-based and consciousness integrative medicine is, how can you um, explain that to our listeners? I don't know if I know what it really is either, <laughs> yeah. to be quite honest. Um, but it, for me, it's the concept that the physical reality and physical body, physical movement of animals on some levels, kind of like the last frontier of information. And somewhere along the line uh, through our ancestral times, we seem to have forgotten this ability to communicate non-verbally at the primary level, light and information. And so then it seems that if we can access um, glitches in the program, or if we can access uh, blocks or uh, things that aren't communicating within our energetic system, it becomes a preventative medicine. And then this um, resemblance of a block in the energy system doesn't have to stay there and then become the messenger in the physical body. So then for sure, I taught for years around the world, the body talk system, and I still highly recommend it, even though I kind of graduated. Um, so listen to the body talk, but by the time that we were animal whispering, you know, listening to the um, body movements of the animal to get information, 
listening to a pathology or something really cool that the body, physical body was doing, it was the last frontier. And so then um, consciousness and awareness, you know, for me, awareness is all that is. It's that state of oneness. And it's through our conscious being that we experience this awareness. But consciousness-based energy medicine is one way of getting rid of the limiting filters, beliefs, and ideas that filter the pure awareness. And then once we start to get that clear, our health, our emotional, spiritual, physical well-being uh, seems to rise up to higher frequencies. And the same thing I noticed with the plant and animal kingdoms. So then everything is awareness, everything is oneness, everything is energy. When we communicate at that level and shift things, we see huge changes in our physical realities, you know, whether it's holographically projected or whatever. Let's project this new, amazing new earth reality of love and oneness and interconnectedness and uh, forget about this thing about thinking we're separate. Mm. So I probably just confused myself as well as everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard to put words to this stuff. Even when I try to explain <laughs> to people what happened when I um, have spent time with you, it's like, I don't, I don't really, you kind of like go through waves of thinking, oh, I actually kind of understand it. And it's like, oh no, I actually don't really know much at all. <laughs> um, but I think part of it is, a, is the exploration of who's talking. You know, in the body talk system it was mainly about uh, human clients and what was their body saying and what was the underlying causal effect of what the symptom was trying to talk about. And then in the animal kingdom, people believe that animals couldn't communicate. Uh, and we're finding out that that's not true. So then we start to delve into this energetic or nonverbal intercellular communication this communication of the divine mind or uh, Buddha mind or nature mind, whatever you want to call it, awareness is communicating all the time. So now all of a sudden we want to take a deep dive when I connect with that elephant or that turkey or that cell of the body and it starts communicating with me through the subtle senses, who's talking? Like who, what, what is that that's communicating with us all the time? When the tree communicates with me, Who's talking? There's this energy that's embodied in the tree and the mycelium and the root structures. And that's the energy that's talking to me. So is the tree talking to me? Or is the energy that is manifest through the tree that's talking to me? And then is that oneness? Or is that myself? Interesting. Oh. And sometimes I wonder, is the tree talking in words or is that just my human mind then translating it into English? Well, it seems that we may have different translators in this physical avatar vehicle that translate things through the senses. And so the spirit being comes to this plane of existence to experience a different reality through the senses. We talk a lot about our normal senses. You know, I can touch this, I can smell this, but we seem to have forgotten about all our subtle senses, six of them and possibly more. So if we look at the six subtle senses, this, the subtle sense of vision or imaginary imagery and the smell, smelling something that's not really in the physical, tasting something, hearing something. So what have we got? One, one, two, three, four, and then touching something as if it's not there, putting my hand inside the elephant and feeling that elephant's heart. And it's as if the heart's in my hands, you know, it's a holographic heart. And then feeling the empathic body, 
being able to put the focus on another and all of a sudden you feel what the other feels. Um, so if these subtle senses have filters on them, that original information or that pure information gets turned into a projection through my belief systems. So part of, uh, part of those of us who are kind of taking the deep dive is how many of those filters, those false filters, belief systems, programming, can we delete and release from our system so we're getting more pure information as it's intended? Mm. Interesting journey. And something that comes up for me, like often or sometimes, is... is it's this my, my imagination and then I think well everything's my imagination and it's like that discernment between isn't this all just a dream anyway well so if it's a dream and dream time is the real time any of our original peoples will tell you that's true then why not remove the filter so we can dream the most amazing beautiful dream and in this time of great transition and change in this global environment, why not co-create a new earth together with this amazing um, dreams? Because mm. that's what we're noticing is what we, what we imagine is what becomes reality. And then you can go back to everyone saying, well, then dream big, dream the most amazing reality you could Im imagine because we're co-creators of this reality that we are experiencing. Mm -hmm. And maybe we're experiencing it in the past because whatever we've been in dream time is the now. And when it projects into this reality, it's actually getting uh, experienced in the so-called past, even though time is an illusion. <laughs> so what do you see this new earth looking like if, or when eventually everybody kind of remembers that they can talk to the beings around them and everything's connected and they start to embody maybe more of the messages that you share in your work. What does that I, feel I already like? Live in the, I already live in the new earth. Yeah. <laughs> See, often I think this, like I already live in heaven on earth. Yep. And yep. then there's this urge like, oh, but I know that there's so many out there that aren't there. So I kind of need to, I don't know. Well, I want to reach my hand out or something. We could let go of mass consciousness of guilt of living a beautiful life. Mm. You know, don't feel guilty that you are in the new earth. Yeah. And so, concept of those of us who have had these avatars that are wired for the bringing in of the new earth or the new dawn whatever you want to call it the concept is that our frequencies have been raised to the place where we're all already living in this so-called new earth and these frequencies that we've embodied by continually doing our inner work are the frequencies that attract those that are ready to join us in the new earth but there's a concept that possibly we could still perceive the old earth, but not to be drawn back into it and become of that again. So we stay in these higher frequencies and we, we're, we're co-creating this new earth of oneness, of interconnectedness, of nonverbal communication, of the concept of divine love. We're not talking about sexual, sensual love and all those kind of misinformations of love. And so as we reside in this, we're doing this kind of magnetic field in invitation for others to join us. But we also are doing what Greg Braden talks about, you know, walking between the worlds. We can still see that old earth or perceive it, you know, uh, and notice that it's there, but not get drawn into it and stay in this new earth frequency, whatever you want to call that fifth dimensional gamma, you know, whatever you want to call that. 
And then all of a sudden, uh, the others who are ready would join us, but we would still see the others who are making these different choices, but not have judgment on them and also not fall back into those old patterns by doing our inner work. Mm. Does that make like a little bit of yeah, 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 sense? <laughs> so you mentioned something about um, the other loves. You said divine love and then not the kind of sensual sexual love. Could you expand a bit more on that, please? I think that the word love has been misunderstood for a long time. You know, what is love? I mean, we could probably do a five hour, 10 hour thing on that. So what is, uh, you know, actually, uh, what's it in his name? David Dita. He's got some books. He did some, some cool stuff about the concept of love and how we are programmed to misinterpret love and to get attached to certain forms of love. And I'm not going to go into a big, you know, what is love? But it is an interesting word that if it's a feeling and we generate that feeling with things or actions, then is that this concept of divine love or is that a um, action or uh, a physical thing or the new truck makes me feel really good? Is that love? And then what is divine love? And when we go deep within and we experience that, we realize we're not looking outside ourselves to have it turned on or activated. It's actually within us to be shared in away with others, whether it's through our intimacy, whether it's through our partnerships and business, whether it's through uh, with our animal kingdom or the way I interact with my horses. And so when I've got to that place within myself, then all of a sudden it's a sharing. It's not a looking outside of myself to get it. You know, that's that kind of mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a little bit of something anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been thinking yesterday about how it's like, I can't actually love another really. It's it's more when I'm with you, I just feel all of this love pouring out of me and it's coming from the inside out and I want to share that with you. Yeah, so um, probably my first experience, I went through a long time ago because I had this dog grooming and dog training business and grooming cats and I had some horses at the time and I spent a lot of time in nature with animals. I think it was the first kind of um, we'll, we'll call it psychic person I'd ever met and we're talking 30 some odd years ago and I said what's up with me why do I love spending so much time with the animal kingdom and I actually really like humans I'm not one of these oh animals no humans I love both and she said well it's because this is energy that's surrounding you and coming through you and the animals are not misunderstanding that energy they're just being with you in it. But in the human world, that energy was so strong, it started getting misinterpreted by others and myself as sexual energy and to be expressed sexually, not even essentially as much, but it was a very sexual, lot of fun experience. And so as I started to go to the, you know, some deeper understanding of that energy and the Kundalini and the divine energy or the Oregon energy, it started to make more sense. And then years and years later, as I was traveling around the world facilitating, I had um, some kind of experience. I don't know how to explain it, but for about a year, I loved everything the same. I could not differentiate. 
this concept of love. And at that time, I was transitioning from one relationship with the masculine partner to another, or actually I was calling in another, I was freaking out. How am I going to know who my next partner would be? Because I just love anybody. It wouldn't matter if it's a person beside me on the plane. And I'm not even talking about like having sex with them. I'm talking about a partnership. Right. And so I'm kind of, <laughs> oh, I'm crying. I'm kind of freaking out because I'm going like, oh my God, if someone shows up and it's meant to be my next masculine partner, how would I ever know? Because it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> fortunately, fortunately, um, somehow, um, my, the partner that I had for 10 years, Andre, showed up and I somehow I just knew. <laughs> oh. Thanks to a blind date that my girlfriend got for me. Yeah. Ah, nice. So they do work sometimes. You yeah, know, I can that really, one sure did. Yeah, so much I, of what you just said, I feel like is I'm kind of experiencing at the moment. It's like, wow, I just love everyone. I just, every human that I meet and every animal and plant is like, oh. Um, and then it's sometimes hard for me to know, especially with men, how to kind of direct or sit with that energy. And I was watching a video that Ghoul is, who is a linking awareness um, facilitator for the listeners, uh, that she posted of this, of one of her horses, I think, um, the hair blowing in the wind. And I suddenly got really aroused. And I was like, wow, this, this feeling inside of me is nothing to do with sex. It's actually just, just so much like life force or love, whatever you want to call it, flowing through me. And now I'm kind of working out how to, I guess, channel or direct or even just sit with that energy when it comes through me so powerfully. Yeah, and you know, the um, as far as the sentient beings that people call the animal kingdom, the horses are probably the one domestic domesticated animal that a lot of people can spend time with. And they will show you that place because that energy in them is so strong. Their heart field is so huge and strong that when people get in that heart field of the horse, you could be 20 feet away and you could feel it through the, the a video. Um, they are opening up people's hearts and the horses and they are opening up this potential to have a certain aspect of comprehension of this experience. And it was another reason, you know, why it was important to me to take a lot of my participants and facilitators to the elephants, because the elephant opens up that that field even uh, larger. And so then we could have a resource for that feeling or going into the jungle with wild ones and the wild insects that weren't as um, interfered with by humans, that feeling you're talking about, that place is so pure. Once we've had that experience and we go back into the city, we have a resource to maintain that, um, let's call it a feeling or that experience or that way of being. Mm. And that's what Linking Ornus journey is really all about. It's about reactivating your subtle senses, finding out which ones are strong, which ones are, are not as strong, but remembering this place of oneness that nature has never forgot the animal kingdom never forgot it and do you think that the animals in the city or the sentient beings within the city have have a remembrance of this or have some of them also forgotten say like the horses or the pockets of woodlands that you can find in london uh i think nothing everything has it 
And I, you know, we can say forgotten and we're remembering, we can use all those words, but it's just filters, you know, the belief systems of the guardian of the animal get, get layered onto that animal. And then that, then that kind of creates behaviors and stuff. And then the, uh, the belief systems of humanity and cultures, because cultures, different cultures have different belief systems, then that can get layered on even the wild ones in close proximity. And then when we get to the, the big bigger areas of wild, hopefully we can maintain nature and reopen up more wild again, then, then we have this experience of humanitarian experience and universal experience and universal, you know, belief systems, other planetary belief systems and humanity. So it's very interesting how everything um, through the concept of resonance takes on each other's belief systems and sometimes we don't even know it. So, so that's what really got me into this thing with the animal kingdom earlier on was the animals were saying, if you help me, it will help the human in my household. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And ultimately it was about the resonance factor when the frequency, a lower frequency of the human in the household was in pathology or strong belief systems or negative thinking, it would start to layer onto the animal and the animal would start to take it on or sponge it. And in one way to help the human, but in another way, that's just what happens. And then the animal would be mirroring the guardian. And so then what we noticed is when we did a session with the animal and they released some of these filters, belief systems, whatever it was, the human started changing. And then we realized when we work with the human and they release some of those limiting, then the animal started changing. So no separation again. Mm. So it doesn't really matter which way you go at it. It, it, you know, there's no separation, whether we're focusing on a spiritual aspect for someone, a physical aspect, emotional aspect, mental aspect, it doesn't matter which frontier we're focusing on, one changes, they all change. And then when you get into matrices or, or constellations in a family, the, the mother does the most unselfish thing and goes for self-healing. And she changes her children, her husband, by not doing anything to them, but by healing herself. So when we go to the humanitarian concept in this time of change, and we're all finally realizing the inner change is changing humanity on a global level. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have goosebumps just talking yeah. about it. Yeah, I've definitely seen that within my family at first. It was like I wanted to change them and have all, share all these things with them. And then, it, and then I realized, oh, actually, just by me changing, they're, I think, seeing huge changes in their life as well. Yeah. So if the listeners were um, wanting to kind of explore more of this work and are in a city or they have a pet, what are some sort of ways that they could explore what we've been talking about without traveling to Canada right now? (laughs) Um, If you're talking about with nature, with their um, sentient being or their pets, uh, sit in silence with them. And let yourself be amazed at what happens when you just sit in silence with them. Not telling them to sit down, stay, come here, do this, do that. Just sit in silence. And even if you have never taken an animal communication class or linking awareness class or worked on your subtle senses, you will have this amazing experience that you never expected because the animals are always sending and receiving information and sharing at that level, always. 
And so it's going into this silence with them and slow down your breathing. Don't hold your breath and maybe even try and breathe with them. Do some tantric breathing. You know, your dog breathes out, your dog breathes in. When your dog breathes out, you breathe in. And when you breathe out, the dog breathes. And we could do that with trees too. So taking this time of silence or yeah, going to the park and sitting with your back against the tree, looking around and thinking you know how to ask the tree and you don't know why, just one tree, you kind of feel more connected to the other than the other. That's the one. Go sit with it, wrap your arms around it, put your back against it and imagine that that tree is breathing and do that exchange of breath with the tree and don't try and do anything. Don't try and communicate. Don't try and connect. Just be, zone out, sleep. And all of a sudden the magic starts. Mm. So yeah. something I that came to mind when you said that was how does this, um, I guess these tools or this wisdom, how does it kind of flow through your daily life when everything is talking? How do you choose what you're communicating with or um, how do you make decisions? How does this show up on like day-to-day -day things? Yeah, I think it's a really good question because some people, if they've had, uh, whether it's a Kundalini awakening or a sudden opening of all the subtle senses, it's so overwhelming. You probably can't even go to grocery store, you know? And so there's these two concept so one is all of these subtle senses are so shut down you don't notice anything else but but the physical what's around you then um some people have had this awakening and it's like overwhelm too much and so as we start to go through a process of change or releasing filters but we also can build healthy filters so then we can start to learn how to open up our subtle sense awareness and close it so to speak. So we can open up consciously to receive more information at the nonverbal level. And then we can also sort of turn it off. Let's see, here's a great example. So we're in a restaurant and it's packed, it's super busy. And you and I are having this conversation and I hear everything you're saying, but I notice it's really noisy. So I have a moment, a choice moment of tuning out all that other noise or letting all of it interfere with me, or hmm, I wonder what that table over there is saying, and putting my focused awareness on that or my attention on that. Now all of a sudden I can hear you and I can hear that, but the rest is kind of muted. So we have the same, that's my normal sense of hearing. And all of us realize we're doing that at some level. And so we can actually do the same thing with our subtle senses. And that's really a part of what this Lincoln Awareness journey, the, the initial three-day um, seminar is about, is about starting to recognize your subtle senses, which ones are too far open, which ones are closed right down. And through the guided journey that we use on my voice files, it starts to help either repair and open up the closed ones or create some filters for the ones that are too open all the time. Yeah. Mm, that's interesting as I got back into the city I think that I stopped trying to like intuitively communicate with other beings because potentially because there was just so much information everywhere in the physical and the subtle 
that I was just like, okay, I want none of it. And then slowly, slowly, I've been getting back into speaking with the other beings and often using your, um, your guided meditations as well, because they just kind of instantly get me there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how do I know if there's a cell phone call from a friend, a stranger or spam, you know, and it, our pineal gland is kind of like a cell phone. It's got crystal technology, uh, calcite and magnetite crystals that send and receive information. And the more we start to recognize different frequencies at the nonverbal level, so light and information, we can actually start to know who's calling us, who's trying to communicate. Is it a dolphin, an elephant, or is it my daughter down the road? And we start to recognize those signals and then we also, at an advanced level, start to recognize when, because I focus on something, am I reading the holographic information of that other? Or when has that other actually sent me, you know, a phone call? Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's a refinement of the subtle senses for sure. And what were the difference? Sorry, John. Yeah, what's the difference? Between those two. Um, yeah, let's see if I can even explain it. Um, so I put my attention on, say, a cat that I've been asked to communicate with. And I noticed the cat has said, yeah, you're cool, but I haven't got nothing to say to you. And I'm going like, oh, but I still wouldn't be here with you. I don't know why the cat says. And I go, okay. And so I go quiet and I just let my, my focused attention remain on this cat. And all of a sudden, I get all this information popping up. You know, the cat says, I miss and I miss that. And then I see an image of this and I feel it. And then I go, wow, the cat's not saying that. The cat said, I don't really want to talk about it, but you have permission to observe. And in the observation, all this information, and it can be prophetic, it can be releasing of trauma, it can be any, it can be other dimensional connections to the white lions or something like that, you know, and there's all that information and I've, it's a different sense, it's kind of like an opening, whereas the, the resending and receiving felt a little more direct mm -hmm. in the in a subtle way, you know, hope that helps a little bit. And I'll yeah, tell you yeah, something, yeah. I just put my awareness on my daughter. Remember, I just said, and she just texted me. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> uh, so a lot of the time in the, the work that we've done um, is you talk about uh, like the heart space. And when we do the guided meditations, we go into this heart space. How does the heart space or the heart center or whatever we want to call it, the heart cave even, relate to the other centers which I often turn to for decision making like my womb or my gut or my mind how do they kind of work together and why actually, the heart space yeah I'll say I don't actually know but uh our system has a lot of everything has a brain you know everything has every cell has a reflection of everything in it including the universe every cell of the body, every part of the body of the bazillion cells has consciousness. And that consciousness is awareness coming through a filter within that cell. So everything has awareness. And each cell in the body even thinks it's an individual being. So, so there's that um, awareness coming through everything. 
then they talk about uh, the brain. And so, you know, we got trained for a long time that if you're smart, you got it going on. And so there was this kind of top down thing where the brain was the ultimate thing. We're starting to find out the brain's actually only like a computer, you know, and it has cool connections, but it's actually waiting for instructions. Then um, we realized that uh, the heart has a brain and possibly deeper aspects of the heart have an aspect of a brain that we're just finding out about. So then we call this, you know, the heart brain. And then all of a sudden we realized that the gut, the gut or the, um, the small intestine and the digestive system is a brain and it's called the enteric brain. So all of a sudden we, uh, in, in energetic practices, we started to recognize the three dantians. So this energy center of the throat chakra, brow chakra, or third eye chakra, and the crown chakra became one energy center. Then the heart center is its own center of harmony and love, unconditional love and those concepts. And then the lower three dantians. So you have the base chakra, this tribal stuff, community stuff, uh, survival, blah, blah, blah. And you've got your sexual sensual, and then you've got your solar plexus. They became one energy center. So now we came to this recognition. We recognition we have these three energy centers. And, um, you know, people have talked about the longest journey is from the intellectual mind to the heart. I think we're in a time when this so-called long journey has been sped up, but it can be very overwhelming for people if and when that really happens. But then there's a lot of um, intellectual ego um, confusion about the people thinking they're in their heart, but they're still in the brain, in the, in the brain context. So there's a lot of esoterics about how possibly the energy of the creative universe emanates through this heart center and creates an electromagnetic heart field around us. And so if this energy is emanating through the heart center, who is that? What is that? Is that who I am? Is that where I live? Is that my spirit or my soul? Is it individuated or is it the oneness having an experience through this vehicle or this avatar body? And once this heart field or this emanation or this living in the heart is experienced, then all of a sudden the enteric brain, so the energy in the lower three dantians starts to be able to be resourced and rise. And as it rises or the Kundalini rises or whatever people want to call it, as that, as those fields in the lower Dunchen get cleared and this energy starts rising, it starts to give this intuitive information to the wisdom of the heart, the oneness energy or the soul that I am it starts to go, Oh, that's great information. Yeah. You know, I have all this other information, this wisdom, and I'm correlating that together. Let's give that to this brain to go do something with it. So then finally, we start to realize on some level that this brilliant computer is just waiting for intuitive information that gets connected and um, um, what's the word for even like gets filtered and the wisdom, the soul, the oneness goes, oh, yeah, that's great. I love it. And I'm adding my wisdom to it. Now let's give this information and this being is going to go out and do some amazing stuff. So, yeah, it's a pretty deep study. And, you know, um, 
I don't even want to start professing that I know a ton about the rising of the Kundalini, but I know I can say I've had enough experiences to know it's real and it's powerful and it brings insights and it's, it's an amazing perspective. I think it needs to be taught more. Mm. Yeah. So, so sorry, you know, um, the concept that in Lincoln Awareness Journey is the journey to the concept of the right atrium of the heart and possibly the right atrium is a room of the soul. It's an esoteric study. Whether it's right or wrong, I don't know. But that's, and so then we're, we're connecting that with this oneness, knowing that in Gaia, in the earth, there's this heart space. And in, in, in if you talk, listen to Cryon at all, Cryon is a great example of being in that heart, the womb of the earth or whatever you want to call it, where all the crystal information of that which I am is residing. But if the mirror is this, this uh, right atrium of the heart, we'll say, or a place in the heart where all my information is residing that I can resource. And then we've got Drunvalo Melchizedek that talks about this concept of living in the heart and taking this journey into this place where all wisdom is. And as soon as we start opening up these lower centers, we start to understand like you're exploring this concept of sexuality, sensuality, the removal of the blockages of that energy and the deeper understanding then that energy gets to rise and it gets filtered with with the um, oneness energy in this room or this heart brain whatever words we want to call it uh, yeah how do you even talk about this stuff really right it's like, come on yeah sometimes I don't know I get so trapped in like trying to analyze and understand and verbalize everything and then and then I just think oh it is what it is I don't need to try and make sense of it all the time well, and you know, that's, I think, part of why I uh, have a preference not to facilitate my three, four and five day experiential retreat seminars online. We can share what we're doing now. And there's a grace that gets uh, experienced. And a lot of people listening will have ahas and some big changes because of our conversation. But those that choose to go into their mastery, it's about bringing the body and embodying it. We have this avatar vehicle for a reason in this plane of existence. So that's when it's time to show up, you know, just like you did traveling the world, you know, letting your letting your body get brought here and got brought there because you wanted to embody that which, which you were exploring, you know, and I think that a lot of people forget that this showing up thing is about the mastery of embodying the grace that you've received at a remote level or through podcasts and online learning. That's awesome. But this, yeah. this body is awesome. <laughs> yeah. And it's almost like I've just been getting used to online stuff, which is slightly worrying. Um, well, you don't want me to talk about deep state on here. No, no, no. <laughs> so, so recognize that it's a vehicle right now and it's a very important vehicle, but it is not the only vehicle and we are going to be and we are still some of us in person having amazing experiences as it's meant to be. And this new earth is opening up those potentials at amazing cities of light and retreat centers all around the world that are being developed during this quiet time of remote activations. And when we travel again, even though some of us still are, uh, 
we will be able to show up for the embodiment. We have such goosebumps of everything that we've shared online. How cool is that? <laughs> and sometimes I get this image that like right now there's a golden thread from me in London to you in the West Coast, or not the West Coast, but West BC. And, and, and then there's like little gold dust falling on everybody underneath it and it's still spreading through the earth. Yeah, you know, we've we've been in this process of uh, repairing the grid, the communication grid. It got damaged. It was on it was in the surface of the earth and barefoot and the animals communicate that way. And a lot of the wars and stuff did a lot of damage. And guess what? We are repairing it at the heart level, communicating from the heart. And we are also watching a repair at the kind of higher levels through the flower of life. And even if uh, maybe some people are putting up satellites in the configuration of the flower of light uh fifth dimensional gamma that we are emanating through the heart will supersede and override any of that mm -hmm. exciting that. <laughs> wonderful well i know that you mentioned the like sitting in silence uh with your sentient being friends or whoever is there anything else that um you would like to say to the listeners before we wrap up the conversation be brave, explore your inner self, mm -hmm. have courage to look within. And I think we're in a time when there's a lot of amazing guides in the world holding space for you. And uh, don't be afraid to have preferences and make choices on who you sit with and who you learn from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, we're in such... Your heart will show you. You what? You, let your heart show you, trust your intuition. Mm -hmm. And what does that feel like for you when you're like when you're trying to make a hard decision about whether you should do something or about a person what does the how does the heart communicate with you how about if i give an easy exercise people could try yeah sure yeah so let's say um should i do this or should i do that you know like that so you could stand up and in front of you, you could project one choice on the floor. You know, you could put a piece, blank piece of paper or the blank or the piece of paper says, well, do, do this. And the other one says, do that or go here or go there. Yeah. And then you close your eyes and you just take a moment and see how you feel in that moment. And then step on the piece of paper that says, do this and see how you feel and step back. Then step on another piece of paper and see how you feel. You choose the one that feels amazing. And it's so clear. It's so clear. You'll kind of go on when you go, oh, and even keep your eyes closed. Get someone to like, you know, switch them around and, and keep your eyes closed and go, oh, well, I don't know. And then you go to this other one and go, oh, that feels great. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do something very similar where I, I imagine I'm going down a river and it separates left and right. And I see that one and see how it feels. And yeah. on, see, if feel, see how it feels. So if anyone's interested so, in that, I've actually yeah. got a recorded meditation of that on my YouTube. Oh, cool. I think what I hear you saying and what I feel me saying is trust your feeling body. Mm -hmm. it, it, you know, if it doesn't feel good, don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. What excites you and lights you up? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So if people, I'm sure there will be a few at least that are feeling really excited by 
just your, the energy that you've brought to this conversation. How can they find out more about your work? What, what are you up to at the moment? How can they connect? Yeah. I have two portals right now. So my launch pad is now coursebel.com and you can just look up linking awareness. Yeah. And then my website is linkingawareness.com. So either coursebel.com, look up linking awareness. And um, yeah, sign up and on the launch pad right now, please click on uh, promotional videos. You'll see all the different videos that explain the three seminars that I do. And then um, there'll be um, a two hour linking awareness journey taster, which is just a kind of an introduction of the concepts and a guided journey that you can experience uh, there. And then I think on the, the launch pad, I've also got a um, collage workshop, which is very different than a lot of collage workshops we've done because we're doing it through the subtle senses and archetypes to release some of the limiting beliefs on in relation to manifesting what the collage theme is about. And then um, we've just created a new linking awareness pendant. Here's the one we had before. You remember this one? And um, there's a write-up on my website about it. And now we've shifted into the blue pearl to um, represent the blue pearl meditation. So same frequency, same amazingness, same amazing protection, but it's a little pearl now. And uh, in Lincoln Wars Adventure, because we talk about the blue pearl meditation and what that could possibly represent and the blue avians and so on and so on and miracles and spontaneous healing. Um, there'll be uh, something on there to uh, connect to the blue pearl as well. Amazing. I don't know. I'll put links to all of that that you just mentioned. And I'll also put links yeah, into you. the cryo and the Melchizedek deck and other things that you've mentioned throughout these yeah. um, amazing resources. Yeah. I've, I can, um, as much as we love to talk in these conversations and like <laughs> on the courses, they really cannot be put into words. And I've had, no, so incredible experiences with you and I'm so grateful for all that I've like learned and embodied through being around you through the experiences that you've created space for so thank you it's only the beginning it's only yes. the beginning we just started this journey you know and and just like to kind of quantify that I think over 20 years of facilitating these seminars we've asked people you know to write a blurb on how to market them and no one's been able to write a blurb <laughs> so we trust the attractor field you know that brings or brings us together and um lots of karmic agreements too so yeah. I'm honored that we're honoring our karmic agreement thank you yeah <laughs> amazing so thank you guys for listening and um thank you lucia again for coming on the show yeah lots of love <laughs> thank you for tuning in to another episode of the paving the ways podcast if you like this episode please support me by leaving a review subscribing and sharing with someone you think may enjoy this conversation all of your support really goes a long way with small podcasts so i appreciate every bit of your help I would love to hear your favorite parts of the conversation via Instagram or email. And if you want to see what I'm up to at the moment, check out my website, georgiearabella.com. For now, keep dreaming big, keep taking steps from your heart and pave your own way to a more blissful here and now.